So I went against discipline. I, I quit studying, quit bringing home books. And I found myself working in a factory. It was a, to me, it was a foreclosed future where I would every day walk in, put three pieces of wood up, drill three holes, and then get the next three pieces and keep doing that until eight hours was over, punch in, punch out, no original thought, no time for creativity. That was my life. And I put myself in that position by rebelling. So if I'm going to encourage your audience, uh, I'm going to say be a rebel, be a contrarian, but make sure it's got a really good cause behind it. And I had no clue. I really had no cause. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a gentleman who has his own awesome podcast. And I've been a guest on his podcast. He is one of the leading thought leaders in the world when it comes to serving from the heart. He has built a multi-multi-million dollar business, and now this gentleman goes around sharing his expertise by doing incredible keynotes on stage. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Bill Woodich. Welcome to the show, Bill. Nikki, thank you. And if I could bottle that and drink it every day, I think I could almost fly. Pretty close. <laughs> At least I, I'd be able to elevate. So thank you very much for that very kind opening. Oh, my pleasure, man. My pleasure. We're known for that on the show. We give great intros. So mm-hmm. Perfect. Bill, I've been on your show. I've gotten to know you. We've spent some time together on the phone. My listener listens to this show because they're a hero. They're a shero. They're looking to learn from you. They're looking to be inspired by you. They're frankly looking to have somebody give them permission to be the best version of themselves. And before they can do that, though, they need to get to know you. They need to feel your heart. So tell us, my friend, how did you get to be the great Bill Woodich? Tell us your backstory. Backstory is one I think of resilience and a an always forward mentality, Nikki. I came from a small town of 3,500 people in the backwoods of Western Pennsylvania, real woods in the middle of the woods. And my father was a state policeman. My my mother was a registered nurse. We grew up a, a very modest means. Some would say rather poor. Uh, my mother was very, I think, ingenious when it came to making pasta six times a week. And on the one day we could eat something other than pasta, it was a real treat. Sometimes it was even soup cans that were a donation from the local grocery store. Some of them had labels, some didn't, but we took it. We're too proud to take that. And we always worked for what we got. And we thanked them by shoveling snow around their around their yards or delivering things for them. And always tried to make, you know, that law of reciprocity work for us as well. So we didn't ever want to take without giving. And I think that's all part of servant leadership. And really, Nikki, where that was really 
impressed upon me or honed in me to to give for people without the expectation of a financial return. So a lot of my background came from that upbringing where discipline reigned, and uh, that's really where I started. Bill, you know, that's amazing. So many of the great business leaders that I've had the privilege of interviewing on this show have a story not too unlike your own. They come from humble beginnings, and yet something sparks them, something allows them to transcend those humble beginnings and really live life as the best version of themselves. So tell us more. Well, I had the need to validate myself. So one of the burning, burning difference makers for me, one of the big flames inside of me, probably, probably until mm, I could say to, to a degree by this day, was the need to validate myself. And I never got my father's approval. He became a, an alcoholic in my teen years. And I had a real fear a real fear of, of walking home from school during those years. And I had an uncertainty about my value. And I, I was never told I was good enough. And I, I really rebelled, Nikki. I did what a lot of kids would do. I went the other way. So I went against discipline. I, I quit studying, quit bringing home books. And I found myself working in a factory. It was a, to me, it was a foreclosed future where I would every day walk in, put three pieces of wood up, drill three holes and then get the next three pieces and keep doing that until eight hours was over, punch in, punch out, no original thought, no time for creativity. That was my life. And I put myself in that position by rebelling. So if I'm going to encourage your audience, uh, I'm going to say, be a rebel, be a contrarian, but make sure it's got a really good cause behind it. And I had no clue. I really had no cause. So that need for validation drove me. And Nikki, I got that one shot. And this is the thing I also for your listeners is that when opportunity arises, sometimes and most of the time it's from your own making and creating, but sometimes it is a gift. And my mother gave me a gift in that garage next to the house. She said, I'll give you one more shot. You've messed up a lot of things, son, but I'm going to give you another shot to go to school. I took that shot. I never looked back. I had to learn how to learn. I, I kept that fire of that need for validation along with that fear of failing really up close and personal. And so when other kids would try to pull me away at two in the morning to go party, I'd keep studying. I'd keep studying. I'd keep working. And that built that resilience gene in me, banging on that anvil of adversity. What was forged was a power of self-belief, a power of conviction, a power of belief that if it was to be, it's going to be up to me to make those things happen, to be accountable to a result, to know if I messed it up, I messed it up. So coming out of that opportunity and into the real world, I had to learn to move through adversity. I had to learn that no for me was maybe. I had to learn to make myself better every day by knowing that skills are something that just doesn't happen. They're acquired through hard work. So that's the second part of my story. So you learned some great lessons along the way. What had you take those lessons and then turn into massive business success? Tell us that part of the story. It's the thing I want you to visualize. I want you to think about this. And I've coached many people with, with one thing in mind. Do you want to live your life or do you want to live the life of others? What others think, the shoulds 
that others try to put upon you. The, the, I think you should do this attitudes that many people then think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to follow the masses right off the cliff of mediocrity. Or are you ready to forgive those past circumstances to accept where you are in the current, in the future and where you want to go? And then in the distant future, are you willing to be accountable? Are you willing to be resilient? Are you willing to have the mental toughness it requires? So those are the things that that I would compel people to think about, to live your life. Man, it's a trade-off. It's not easy. It's going against, for the most part, the grain. It's work every day on those little fundamental things, as well as the big picture ideas and concepts of something greater than you why your why that pursuit of purpose and and the passion behind it has to be yours it can't come from a book it can't come from somebody else it's got to be yours okay great so talk to me about your story how did you take all this and build a huge business well i had two hundred dollars when i i finished my master's i had two hundred dollars to my name my mother gave me ten twenty dollar bills i had one suit was corduroy, and I couldn't tie a tie, and I had no car. But my dream was always to go to Southern California. My dream was always to follow the sun because I had done so much in the snow all my life in Western Pennsylvania. We had snow drifts up to our knees in Thanksgiving. I just wanted to get out of that backwoods, and I wanted to go to the beach. Well, my brother interrupted my dream. It was a dream. It was an illusion or a fantasy, and he was in Richmond, Virginia, working in sales. And he said, before you go off to California, you probably want to get a job. And I said, well, that might not be a bad idea for a while. So he made his one bedroom into a, you know, two bunk beds. He paid all my bills. And I thought the world owed me a living. I'm going to sit on the couch for a little while. And he took that for about a month, a month and a half. And he said, you know what? You have to get a job, get off my couch. So I went to a place called Management Recruiters, and I wanted to be a manager. That's my master's was in management. And uh, I asked for a manager's job. And he said, are you kidding me? You're not even qualified for sales. And I said, well, I don't want to be a salesman. You're not listening to me. He said, no, I hear you. I can't do anything for you. Now, it is the very, very poor candidate that cannot be placed, Nikki, by the desperate placer, okay? The placement service usually really wants to get any candidate, make them look good. He couldn't do that for me. So... I opened, I, and I, I know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. This is going to date me. But I went back and I looked through all these things at the time called the yellow pages, okay? And I was going through <laughs> there, calling, you know, yellow pages, right? Calling people. I got all the way down to the S's before I found someone that were talking to me. It was a lady. And she thought, you know, I always thought maybe I was like a kid. And she said sales. I said, no. She said, it is going to be insurance sales. I said, absolutely no, no. And she said, but wait a minute. It's corporate insurance. It's different. You're talking to CEOs. You're talking to CFOs. It's a property and casualty corporate insurance. And I said, I still don't want the job, but I had no money. Now, my brother tied that tie that day, and he, I put on those shoes, and I walked in with that corduroy suit, a little bit wrinkled, and I got that job with Liberty Mutual. They were the, the number one provider, uh, a direct writer of insurance at the time, and I became their top salesperson in two years, and I'll tell you how I did it. I did it with a power of self-belief, of studying, of learning to meet people as people, of learning that people weren't concepts. I could not sell off of a brochure, that I had to ask them where they were from, how they got to where they were, and take a real genuine interest in themselves, and work my backside off, making more calls than anyone could probably imagine till my ears became cower flowered from that old-fashioned phone 
again, dating myself, and had a whole lot of activity that I could turn into success by learning from people. And I became that top salesperson in two years in that company. That was the start of my, my fledgling career. Okay. So you became the top salesperson in that company out of how many salespeople? Uh, 5,000. 5,000. Number one. That's a huge achievement, Bill. Like, that is unreal, unbelievably fantastic. And you were able to do this because of all the lessons that you learned along the way and because you were, you were ready to apply yourself. And you, you, sought out, you sought out making a difference rather than, okay, I'm going to go through this rote routine process. I'm going to read off a brochure. You said, no, I'm going to get to know these people as people. You and, just nailed it. And yeah. because you did that, people responded. And, and you became the number one salesperson at this company. Okay, so tell me more. What happened next? It's going to get a little bit. The, the lift is, I know we both like to work out. The lift is going to get a little heavier now. So I was number one at Liberty Mutual. And I was, I was you know, when I was sitting at that desk, I, there's the power of visualization. And I, I put up a picture of a Ferrari. And I taped it up on the desk. And then I taped another picture of a house in California. And I, every day when it got really tough to make those calls, I, I would just really feel myself holding that wheel, just imagining what it would feel like. Here I am driving a brown oxidized station wagon, no hubcaps, no, you know, just had AM radio. But I'm picturing what that would be like. And, and, and over here, I'm looking at that house and I'm looking out over the ocean and I'm wondering what that would feel like. See, that's the thing. Uh, what did it feel like? So I wasn't dialing for dollars. I was dialing for a feeling. I was dialing for validation from my dad. And my father has since passed. I was never going to get it, but I was—I just kept going for people to tell me, son, you're good enough. Well, I was recruited by the fourth largest broker in the world at that time at what they did, and they had uh, probably two times as many sales reps. They, they were massive. They were international. And I walked down the hall the same way I did the first time at Liberty, and I said, who's your top salesperson? They said, this person down the hall, he's been number one for two years in a row. Why do you ask? I said, I'll beat him in three. And they said, son, we should probably fire you because you're obviously arrogant and you probably are ignorant as well. In three years, I became the top salesperson in that company, Wall Street Journal pictures and everything, for two years in a row, starting at zero every year. And I did it with a team that I slowly acquired by having success, getting people much smarter than me to work with me, not for me. And that Woodage Wing unit of 13, 14, 15 people working together, working together as one, then propelled me to the next level, which is, okay, I'm now 35 years old. That was then. I want to see if I'm good enough to do this on my own. And when I did that, Nikki, I broke free. I started to make success in my company with people as a servant leader, putting people, training people, mentoring people to win to really look at what is in it in the big picture, hearts and minds, not wallets. And that just blew up into the Woodage Group. And 27 years later, we're still moving forward. Okay. So the Woodage Group now has, just give us a sense, give our listener a sense of the scope and scale of the Woodage Group. We're a $100 million revenue company. We're licensed in 41 states. We do a lot of our business internationally. We work with Lloyds of London. So we have the influence and buying power of some of the big, big powerhouses, the top three in the world. And we do it with a boutique style and less than 50 people. 
and we have not laid anyone off. We keep uh, with all the benefits and all the things we do. Uh, I learned that early in my, my life that there's three things you can outrun, cash, people, or systems. The one thing that you never want to outrun is your cash. So we spend a lot on great systems. We have great people who work autonomously and are very bright and capable to run those systems. And as a result, we have positive cash flow. It's actually pretty simple when you break it down. So you have you have a nine-figure company, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. you've got 50 incredible team members. So you're responsible. My father used to put it like this. He used to say, son, you know, you know we fed 51 families this week. <laughs> I just thought it was awesome. I love that. Yeah. So Think you, about that, though. Yeah. And I say the same thing. Think about it. You not only feed 51 families right now, you're feeding 51 times what? How many here are in each family? And then... The pass down to the people that move through that, that are coming on with their kids and their kids that they met during their employ at your firm. You're exponentially blowing this thing up. You're exponentially blowing this thing up, 100%. And on top of that, my friend, you, you've got a business where in these crazy times, right now we're still in the midst of this pandemic, you've been able to keep business going, you've not let anybody off, and you're making a difference for people. So you you have an incredible story because, let's face it, Bill, it ain't everyone who gets into the insurance game that builds it to a nine-figure business. You know what I'm saying? Most people are lucky if they build it to a six-figure book of business, which is very different than a business. You build yes. it to a nine-figure business, and you've got systems in place. Uh, and it's at a stage where the business almost doesn't need you. You don't have to be the technician that's there all the time. And you want to you wanna go and leave a legacy. So tell us the next stage of the story. What happens next? I worked myself into what you nicely, um, nice setup for this is I want to be redundant. I, I don't want to be the, the sine qua non or the essential element of that business. And I worked my my way into this position where I could be redundant. And today, Nikki, is one of the, my favorite days. It's quarterly bonus day. So a Zoom meeting in the company and managers are all on there with producers and it's a big, a big meeting. And, and the amount of people that were earning bonus checks, significant bonus checks, five-figure bonus checks, six-figure bonus checks based on the quarter, it, it made me so intrinsically satisfied to think these people came to me without any experience. They came to me without any books of business, but I'd like to grow my own. And they came here, found this environment fertile, found it an environment they could learn from failure, found it an environment where failure wasn't penalized as long as it wasn't repetitive thoughts that that lacked critical thought after 10 times and have made a way to create value for their families, to, to be able to provide something positive for society. That, my friend, makes my day, it makes my year, and it validates me far beyond what any person from the grave could ever do. Okay. I love it. I love it. So you you are all about making a difference for people. You've launched a podcast. You've written a book. Talk about those. I've written two books. The first one was, was really um, a distillation of life's lessons in sales, and it was called Always Forward. Seven Secrets, you know, to continued success in sales. And and in Always Forward, I really lay out seven steps that will bring you closer to a yes. And I'm not one of these script guys. I'm not one of these steps guys. But I'll tell you the, the secret is my editor said you need to put 
seven steps in here and I thought, okay, well, let, let me, let me make it seven. And it, it actually is seven. Do you have to have a lot of activity? You have to be able to think and then do the short period of time that will eclipse between that thought and an action. You've got to be able to value time and manage your time. We know that. You've got to be able to find your way, make a way. It's incumbent upon you as a person to do that. You've got to also be able to understand the rule of 33 and a third. And it's something I learned as I was cold calling that, you know, not everyone's going to talk to you, Nikki. Some people have got beliefs far beyond what you could ever open their mind to. So you have to keep moving on the percentages to find those 33 and a third that are open to your business proposition. And then I think one of the most important ones in life is walkaway power, WAP. You've got to be able to walk away from a bad position. You've got to be able to walk away from a bad deal. And you've got to be able to walk away from those people, those succubus and incubus who would take your self-respect. Never, ever bargain away your self-respect. The last one was given to me by my uncle. It was on his tie. It was an acronym, Y-C-D-G-B-S-O-Y-A. And I said, Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, this little kid, you know, he's playing with spaghetti and meatballs and he's got his tie on, he's getting stuff on his suit. I said, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And he said, Billy, you can't do good business sitting on your ass. Now, this time right now today is not the time for this, but most of the time what I encourage our people to do is get out in front of people. Get out in front of people, make things happen because the difference in the dynamic in being right in front of them is much different than being virtual. So that was my first book. The second book was picked up by a major publisher, McGraw-Hill, and it was called Fail More. And it's all about learning from failure, dissecting it. Where does fear come from? How do you, how do you move through fear? How, how do you make it smaller in that rear view mirror instead of making it dominant in your front mirror? And really, how, ratio, and how do you then gain those lessons? And I share a lot of stories from the great ones. And uh, if I had met you then, I, I would have put you in there. And how you move through it. So those are my two books. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Those books <laughs> sounds phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I'm going to pick up copies of those books myself to read them. They sound absolutely fabulous. And listener, look. Bill Woodich is the real deal. It, it, you know, building a, a $100 million company takes something, and it, it takes having some real skills, some real expertise. Any book that he writes is worth your time to pick up and read. And I recommend that you pick up a copy of each one of his books. And in fact, I recommend that you pick up five copies of each one of his books and hand them out to your friends, hand them out to your family, hand them out to your clients, hand them out to anybody you care about that is interested in bettering themselves because Bill's a real deal and he can totally help you do this. So Bill, talk a bit about your podcast. Uh, you know, the podcast, I, that, the greatest thing about the podcast, the unstoppables, now think about that term, the unstoppables, is I want people, and you are a superb, you're a high bar, you're the, the, the high bar guest on the show your show is off the, off the charts Thank is you. i want people like you who have that that real story that they're the real deal you were telling me your story and what you had gone through and calling out this is what it is and this is what i did and then i went from here and the resilience in your story was was motivating to me i i was saying you you gotta check this stuff out now because Nikki Ballou is the quote real real deal, and a lot of I had so many write downs from you, but you you taught me because this the intent the, the expressed intent of the Unstoppables is to share with the listener those stories from people who have done what you're doing now or are doing 
what you're doing? Who have found those obstacles to be roadblocks? Who have moved in spite of them? Who have had defining moments that we share? Who have their own their own version of success, which we share, and their own stories on failure and how they learned from the adversity of failure to move forward to create a life of increase. That is the purpose of the show. And I think guests like you obviously are what make the show. You know, Bill, it was an honor to be a guest on your show. And I really, really enjoyed it. You're a fantastic interviewer. And if you bring on people that really uh, have the type of knowledge and information that you're seeking to share, it, 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 it makes it such a powerful show. And listeners definitely want to check out Bill's show. We're definitely going to include uh, your books as well as your show in the show notes. So, Bill, we like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you as our guest expert to share what I call your top three expert action steps. So these are your best pieces of advice that you recommend my listener takes on to improve his life, to improve her life or business. What say you? I'd say the most important thing is to don't don't become paralyzed in that whole analysis of what it takes to be perfect, because there is no such thing in life as perfect. There is only good. We cannot be perfect, but we can be good. And I also found this to be number two. It really marries, I think, one of the most important things that enabled my success is, Nikki, the, the, the sooner the, the action that follows an intelligent thought, and I mean, you drop your battle plans, but then take action. Take action now. And I'll tell you why. Thinking and doing, thinking and doing with a shorter distance between the thought and its deliberate, decisive execution, the greater your chance of success in any endeavor. The inverse is also true. If you wait, someone else is doing it. It may not be perfect, but they're out there in front of your client. They're out there in front of your dream spouse. Think and then do some of the most important things I can tell you. And then I will tell you this about, about American ingenuity, about ingenuity in any country, any country, any person, human ingenuity is this. Don't give up the sovereignty of self and wait for someone else to pull you along. You need to find a way or make a way to the result you have to have. And Nikki, one more with that. You think about the ancient Greeks and the ancient Spaniards. They burned their boats. Yes. They burned their boats. So those soldiers would see there was no retreat. They left a couple to take back the booty, but man, they burned their boats. That is commitment. So before any of your listeners say they're committed, make sure they remember what commitment really is. Go in, go all in. Think and do, find a way, make a way, become unstoppable, my friends. Those are fantastic expert action steps. And I really like when you say, you know what? It's up to you. You got to do it. Don't wait for somebody to pull you along. Make a decision. Go now. And I love burn your boats. That's powerful stuff. Those are my biggest takeaways from what you just shared with us. So you're welcome. So we're definitely going to make sure that we've got your books. We've got your podcast in the show notes. So listener, you might be thinking to yourself, Wow, Nikki, Bill sounds amazing. 
man, he's totally become the best version of himself. And you'd be right about that. And you might be thinking to yourself, how do I become the best version of myself? I mean, there's this crazy pandemic going on. I don't even know if I can make it. I'm scared. Businesses are on lockdown. I don't know what's going on. Is it possible or, 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 or no way? And here's my answer to that. My answer to that listener is, hell yes, it's possible. It's more than possible. It's probable. If you let it be so, if you let the belief take root in your Mm -hmm. mind, and the best Mm -hmm. way for you to do this is very simple, okay? Listen to every episode of this podcast as it comes out. Listen to great guests like Bill, and then do this. Go to my website, ecircleacademy.com. Right smack dab in the middle of the page is a button that says watch free masterclass. That masterclass is a powerful one-hour lesson that will give you a blueprint on how you can take that genius, that grace that God has put within you and bring it out in such a fashion to make your wildest dreams come true. This time now is your finest hour. It can be that if you choose to let it be that. Be like Winston Churchill said, Mm -hmm. we all are. This is our generation's version of World War II. He had nothing to offer us but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. And I'm telling you, that's what I have to offer you. And he also said that if the British Empire and its commonwealth were to last a thousand years, men would still say this was their finest hour. And I'm telling you, the West and the capitalist free market system will last 10,000 plus years and men and women will be thinking and asking, hey, hey, grandma, hey, grandpa, what did you do in the great pandemic of 2020? And you want to be able to say, I had the courage to step forward and make a difference and go for my dreams. And the way you do that is you listen to great guests like Bill, you go to the website, eastcircleacademy.com, and you watch that free masterclass. You create that blueprint and you take fantastic notes. And if you need more than that, if you need someone to remind you how great you really are and show you how that can be done, click on the button that says, book a free success call. I'll get on the phone with you. I'll listen to you. I'll let you unload every fear that you have within you. And then I'll remind you how great you are and I'll show you how you can get it fixed. So take advantage of all these things I'm telling you. All of these are free. You don't have to pay a cent for them. So make sure you take advantage of them. You take advantage of them now. All right. Bill Woodich, man, God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, man. It was a total honor to have you on. You are an inspiration, my friend. Thank you. Oh, man, God bless you. You're an inspiration to me too, my friend. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Bill Woodich, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes. And to go and watch that masterclass, to go and book that call to help remind you of how awesome you truly are, go to eastcircleacademy.com, click on the two buttons that are in the middle of the page. One is watch free masterclass, two is jump on a call. Take advantage of both of those, they're free. Take advantage of listening to this podcast, making sure that you are subscribed to it so you don't miss any episodes and share this with all your friends. We gotta create our own army. Right now, man, there's some crazy stuff going out there. There's people who don't want certain messages out there. So we got to make sure our platform is strong on its own. Make sure you go subscribe and make sure that you take advantage of it. And remember, you are one of God's great children. We are honored to do what we do for you. Take care and God bless. Until next time, goodbye.